Welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers. I'm Aaron Fraser. And I'm Matt Bose. In this episode, we're going to take a look at the films of 2016 this far, the ones we've enjoyed and the ones we haven't enjoyed. And which ones we're still looking forward to later this year. This is a bit of a departure for us, Matt, a bit of a different kind of episode. Yeah, generally we like to look at a theme or an actor or you know a director, but this time we're just going to take stock of what we've seen this year. Yeah, just a kind of a rapid-fire look at what movies have stood out to us this year, as well as just kind of a, you know, looking into our crystal ball, looking into the future of what we're hoping to see later on in 2016. Yeah, I've been keeping track on a letterbox for all the movies I've watched for mm. the podcast since about late January, February. And, you know, maybe we can make a list there if someone wants to see everything we've seen. Can we follow you on Letterbox? Yeah, you can. It's I believe it's the same as my Twitter account. Oh, so, okay. at Matt underscore B-O-W-E-S. But I, I know there's a few people who listen to the show who are also on Letterboxd. Yeah, I signed up I'm, on br- I'm bringing it back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I signed up on Letterboxd and then promptly forgot how to use it. Uh, I just have a little ritual now. It's I know it's stupid, but every time I read a book or I watch a movie, I try to log it. Mm. So at the end of the year, I do something very similar to what we're doing now. Right. And just try and take a look at all the media I consumed, for good or for ill, you know? Right. So, you know, it's it's part of that project. Well, before we get into the show, we first want to say thank you to everyone who has sent us messages on Facebook or on Twitter or emailed us to let us know that they're enjoying the show. We really appreciate that. It's been, what, 42 weeks now? We're getting close to our first year anniversary. Uh, yeah, that'll be in September, so we're still, still a few months away. I know, but uh, we got to plan the <laughs> anniversary celebration. Sure, I'll leave that up to you. Okay. Um, we have no new reviews this week, um, so nothing to read at the top of the show. If you'd like us to read something... Please leave us a review on iTunes. But we do want to thank all the people who let us know that they're really enjoying the show in other ways. Also, I recorded an episode uh, with Shah Shahid over on the Split Screen podcast a few months ago. And it has finally been released. Yeah, um, sounds like uh, circumstances intervened with him and it took him a while to get it out. But uh, I listened to it. It was a good episode. Yeah. Um, I'm happy that... uh, I guess we could say what you guys watched. You watched uh, Parinda by Mm -hmm. Vinu Vinod Chopra. And uh, his follow-up remake, uh, Hollywood remake, his Hollywood remake of his own film, Broken Horses. Yeah. And from what little I saw of Broken Horses, I was glad that I went to the mall that day. But uh, Perinda was fantastic. Perinda was fantastic. I also want to say, we recorded that episode months ago. Um, and while I'm, ha- I'm, I'm very happy with the episode, I couldn't predict that, unfortunately, Anton Yelchin would pass away this week. Suddenly. I don't think anyone could, really. No. And Anton Yelchin is one of the stars of Broken Horses, and I, I don't say a lot of really favorable things about him, but, you know, sometimes you can't predict these things. It's, it's an unfortunate circumstance. I'm very sorry. Yeah, he, he seemed like a nice guy. I'm a bit ho- I, I like him a bit more than you do. He was fantastic in Green Room. Mm-hmm. Liked him in Star Trek. Looking forward to seeing him in the new Star Trek, which yeah. will now take on a more elegiac quality, one assumes. Mm-hmm. It's like when Paul Walker died during Fast and the Furious. Um, you know, what do you do at that point? And yeah, that was Justin Lin. So, sadly, he has experience in what to do when one of your stars dies. But uh, Yeah, get, Star Trek is finished, though. I, they can always go back and change something. And they'll, they'll put, like, a, you know, 
We Miss You, Anton, in the credits, yeah. that kind of thing. For, similar to Bollywood movies, where the, you you often get a you know a tribute to someone at the beginning of the film. Yeah, this is a bit of a tangent, but please go listen to the episode over on the Split Screen Podcast. Shah Shahid's podcast is great. I'm really <laughs> glad that he's bringing it back. I look forward to more episodes, and I thank him so much for having me on. Yeah, it was a good episode. Um, it's interesting for his format because it's usually re- Bollywood remaking Hollywood movies, yeah. but this time it's not only is it a Hollywood remaking a Bollywood movie, but it's the same director mm-hmm. and the same director having forgotten what made his own movies good. Yeah. So it, it's a it's a real a really interesting uh, idea in that film. It's, I think so. Yeah, I, I I like the episode quite a bit. So we'll have a link in the show notes. Yes. Yes. Moving on, we are looking at the films of 2016 thus far. Kind of the big ones, the ones yeah. we were able to get a hold of. But there's a few small surprises in there as well. Unfortunately, here in Edmonton, we're limited by what has played here in Edmonton. And so we get a lot of the big releases, but not necessarily the smaller ones. I think we're so, pretty lucky for North Americans, yeah. though, that we have a theater that will do the big releases. Yeah. Even just talking to some of our guests... That we've you know, had on the show, and it's it's tough for them to access Bollywood movies. And you know, I, I would have figured that the states would have been more cosmopolitan, but mm-hmm. you know, we have a really big uh, East Indian population here, South Asian population here, and um, you know, they they like movies, so we're actually pretty uh, privileged to have that access to that. Mm-hmm. But some kind of independent films that we're looking forward to, unfortunately, we haven't had the opportunity to see. We are looking forward to the um, International Indian Film Festival of Alberta that's coming up at the Metro Cinema in July, where we'll finally get to see Angry Indian Goddesses. I have been wanting to see this movie essentially since it played a TIFF. It's got a great name. It's got a great name. It's got a great trailer. So hopefully we'll get to some of these smaller releases from 2016 later on. As they come on to Butterflix as well. Yeah. It's been a good uh, tool for us. And iTunes and the library. But we are... Somewhat limited by our geographic location, not being in India. But you've you you got to see a lot more than I did. So yes, I made it be... out to the theater a lot more than you did, Matt. Yeah, so it's gonna there's gonna be a lot more of you talking, but I hopefully won't drag down the team too much. Yes, but our first film here is one that you've seen and I haven't. Yeah, so uh, Wazir, which I watched in a hotel room when <laughs> I was in Winnipeg, um, came out. Right at the beginning of the year. Yeah, this was initially supposed to release at the end of 2015 and got bumped, because, I think for a variety of reasons, but one of them being that Diwale and Bajra Mustani were just too big to go up against. Yeah, and I can see that. I, I don't think it's in the same league as those movies. Um, it's you know directed by Bejoy Nambiar. This is going to be a great one if you like to keep track of our uh, <laughs> pronouncing of accents. It stars Amitabh Bachchan. Pronouncing of names. Yeah, <laughs> names. Yeah, I can't even get the words straight. Uh, but it's got Amitabh Bachchan, Farhan Akhtar, Aditi Rao, Hadari, uh, John Abraham for like 40 seconds. And, uh, <laughs> it's Neil, a glorified cameo. It is a glorified cameo. And Neil Nitin Mukesh. Uh, so Wazir is about a cop who's daughter dies when he's tracking down a terrorist. Okay. Uh, so basically he's driving his daughter and his wife to, I think a dance recital. His wife's a dancer and, uh, a guy drives by and he's like, Holy crap. Is that that terrorist that we're looking for? 
So he leaves his wife at a store and takes off with his daughter to go find this guy and gets into a huge gunfight where his daughter gets killed, sadly. Oh. So uh, he goes crazy, leaves the police force, tries to commit suicide, and he's only stopped by Amitabh Bachchan, who was training his daughter how to be a chess master. He knew his, he knows his wife. His wife leaves him, too. It's you know, a very, very stressful time. How does it did he Rao Hydri factor in? Is she Farron Akhtar's wife? Yeah, she's his wife. Okay. And is she, like, drop-dead gorgeous in this film? She looks great. Because yeah. she is drop-dead gorgeous. Yeah. I'm, she's not in the movie a lot. Oh, okay. But uh, the movie becomes a friendship between Amitabh and uh, Farron Akhtar, where um, Akhtar, amusingly, is a really ineffective protagonist. Uh, for instance, when... His uh, his buddy, who's still on the force, gets the nod that, oh, we found that guy who killed your wife. Uh, Akhtar's been awake for days and is popping, like, uh, oh, he's he's just taken a few uh, sleeping pills to try and go to bed and he's had some drinks. But he gets in the car and he's off to, you know, find these guys, too. So you have a gunfight where he's kind of, like, falling asleep in the middle of the fight, okay. which is really interesting. And uh, um, there's a scene where later on when he's uh, made friends with uh, Amitabh Bachchan and he joins his chess academy, he knows nothing at all about chess and is continually being beaten by 10-year-olds. Okay. <laughs> Which, <laughs> it's, it's entertaining. But, you know, the, the movie doesn't really escape its premise and it has kind of a weird geopolitical aspect to it, too, mm. because um, Amitabh has this vendetta against this uh, politician in India and he's... He thinks that his life has been ruined to the same extent that Farhan Akhtar's has. Okay. And then Akhtar starts on the sly investigating it. Did it have any, like, stylistic flourishes? Was it an interesting aesthetic at all? No. No? I mean, I, I like that gunfight where Akhtar's falling asleep, and I, I liked him kind of being emasculated. But really, um, I know Kathy Gibson, when she reviewed it, she really liked the opening uh, song number, which is basically distilling Akhtar's relationship with his wife and daughter into just this nice sequence which mm-hmm. yeah that's fine but it really uh it really skirts the boundaries of believability um you know even for a movie about a a cop some of the things that he does get away with that to me seem a little bit unlikely mm-hmm. um get positively insane by the end of the movie. And just because he's dealing with bad people, he probably shouldn't be able to break the law so hard. Uh, John Abraham is, I think, his old army buddy. He's he's friends with Akhtar, and he's friends with this uh, police unit, this counterterrorism unit he's in. But it's unclear. And, yeah, Abraham literally is in it for maybe three scenes. Okay. I was expecting big things from this film because it's produced by... Vidu Vinod Chopra, who we were just talking about, the director of both Perinda and Broken Horses. And he's also produced PK and Three Idiots, these big Amir Khan films. And so mm-hmm. I was kind of expecting this to be um, a big hit, but it only made 9.2 million US. Yeah, we're going to use US dollars in here because we got our facts from US sites. Yeah. So. Uh, do the conversion to lakhs and crores in your head, but <laughs> I you guess can. the other thing I should mention. I is mean, it's not a. It, it didn't bomb. That we have we have films here that made a lot less money, but it, it also didn't make any waves. It didn't make a uh, yeah. an impression. It, it came and went. There's not going to be a wazir too. I guess no. I should say the uh, the title wazir. For those of you who don't know, in 
in chess in uh, Arabic countries, some Arabic countries, I guess. I looked this up afterwards, but the queen piece isn't actually a queen. It's the king's grand wazir. Oh, right, because you couldn't possibly have, like, a woman with power in your game. Yes. Okay. So, um, Wazir is also the code name of uh, Neil Nitin Mukesh, who works for this corrupt politician that Amitabh Bakjan hates as kind of a enforcer-slash-assassin guy. Mm. And he's really overacting the shit out of this movie. Uh, he's in what appears to be kind of a grounded, although, you know... Extra legal things done by cops done all the time is fine, but he has like a like a punch knife on a on a on a uh, chain that he whips across the room like he's Kratos from God of War, and it's it's kind of ludicrous. But uh, did yeah. you did you ever get on camp Neil Mutin Mukesh? Like did you nah. were you ever thinking like yeah that guy's great he should really be in Game of Thrones? You know he should be in a movie as Rithik Roshan's little brother. <laughs> okay, instead of Salman Khan's little brother. Yeah, he ha- he has more of a resemblance with Roshan, and I could see maybe like New York is probably his best movie. I would say. Yeah, I, he, I think he, of the ones we've seen. Yeah, the ones we've seen. He was good in New York. He was kind of a you know a hapless dupe who he goes to college. Okay in New New York. I mean, I think New compared York is to the other John Abraham. Compared to the other movies I've seen him in, though, <laughs> okay. yeah, like that was definitely his best work. Um, yeah, but I, I, I could see him being, you know, in a Rithik Roshan film as a relation. Maybe he should probably not be a villain. He does really like overact as a villain, and yeah. I, I think he could be used better elsewhere. But he hasn't really hit the mark yet for me. Well, hopefully Game of Thrones comes calling. <laughs> the guy I thought he was going to be on Game of Thrones, I don't even think is going to be in the series now. Oh, so okay. I wouldn't hold your breath, Mr. Mukesh. Um, you know, sorry. You never know. Okay, so um, uh, moving on. Another movie I watched in a hotel room in uh, Winnipeg was Airlift. Now, this is one we've both seen. Yeah, we didn't see it together. No. But, uh, you know, I watched this... Again, while I was on a work trip, and I found it pretty enjoyable. I love this movie. It is a dramatization of the Indian evacuation of Kuwait in the 90s when Iraq invaded. I guess Indian evacuation in this sense means Indians who live in Kuwait yeah. or, or like temporary workers there. Because as we found out, the Indian government was actually fairly reticent to get its own uh, citizens out. Mm-hmm. Um, so... The movie is like halfway between um, character piece about this Akshay Kumar character who has to rise above being a sort of corrupt money guy and become a hero for his people. And then you've got this uh, middle manager type guy in India who he contacts and they're working together to try and get everyone out. Mm -hmm. So you do see this problem from both sides. And, you know, I was... It was actually really interesting to me to watch this and find out that the Iraqis, when they invaded, they were murdering, um, you know, Arabic people, Kuwaiti people on the spot. But if you're Indian, you, you know, they at least tolerated them to a certain extent. And Well, yeah, they didn't want to get in trouble with India. Exactly. And And India is like one of the... If I remember right, it's one of the few countries that still traded with Iraq when there was a trade embargo put in place. So, you know... That's that's an aspect to the first Gulf War that I had never heard at all before. 
Yeah. And I guess keep in mind, I was five when this happened, so I wasn't really conscious. But, you know, you do read about the conflict afterwards. But it, it's it's very interesting to see that from another angle because uh, Gulf War movies we get are usually from the American soldier's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, Jarhead. Can't really think of the other ones <laughs> off the top of my head. It's it's not a... Uh, They're usually from a military point of view. Yeah, it's, it's usually here, an American soldier going, getting Gulf War syndrome and, you know, yeah. learning that... In the case of Jarhead, for instance, that snipers aren't really needed in the modern era. And here it's from the perspective of people who are being displaced by this war, by this invasion. They're not kind of, you know, there isn't a threat to them physically, mm-hmm. but they've lost their home. Well, there is a threat to them physically. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, they're kind of herded into a camp that yeah. Akshay Kumar sets up. But the Iraqis start raiding them for supplies. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it's a very tense situation. And the community that they form around their nationality, which also kind of allows a few other people of non-Indian nationality in and they support them, is really, like, it's really kind of this this life-affirming film about, you know, people in a desperate and terrible situation coming together and, you know, working together to find a solution. Yeah. And actually, this is the best I've ever seen, Akshay Kumar. I love he him was in fantastic. this movie. The, so good. It did kind of seem like they, unless this actually happened, but I saw a picture of the guys that his character is based on, and they don't look as rough and tumble as Akshay Kumar. But right. he does get into a fist fight <laughs> with some Iraqi soldiers near the border. Yeah. But, like I said, it's yeah, a dramatization. He's, he, no, he's fantastic. And it really makes me want to watch some more of his dramatic roles, like Special 26, yeah. Baby. And you know, he, we got to get into those now. He starts out as a character who is um, very selfish, very mm-hmm. greedy. He likes, you know, he's really kind of divorced himself from his Indian identity. He doesn't want to listen to Indian music in the car. And he's really His driver is Indian. He doesn't really yeah. care for the guy. He's really bought into the wealth and power that being this businessman in Kuwait has given him. Mm-hmm. But after this war breaks out and he's kind of forced to be this leader for his people, you start to see this nationalistic sentiment and this humanist sentiment yeah. he come grows up. through him. Yeah. And so I really yeah. liked that character arc. His wife is played by Nimrat Kaur, who is always fantastic. It's a tough role because she, on the one hand, has to kind of look aside like, oh, no, I'm worried. But also, she's the only one who knows what he's really like or what he was like. Yeah. And is constantly reminding him, like, you're not really this hero guy. You're kind of an asshole. I married an asshole. Um, But even an asshole can become a hero in the right situation. Yeah. Another thing I appreciated about this film was... Again, something you don't get in Western uh, movies dealing with Iraq is the fact that these are conscripted 16-year-olds who right. got sent to invade another country. They're they're acting like monsters, and they have no life experience because they're 16, and they've grown up in a restrict, uh, you know, military dictatorship. So, you know, he kind of feels for them at some point, like, mm-hmm. or is a f- completely afraid of them because he doesn't know what to do. He's an adult. He... Uh, he deals with adult people all day long. Who knows what a 16-year-old with a gun is going to do? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's that's a really interesting aspect of the film for me. It's exceptionally well shot and directed, too. The director is Raja Krishna Menon. I am, was impressed 
with this film when it first came out. I'm glad you finally got the chance to see it. It's an interesting historical, not quite biopic, but like just historical story that is set in a period of time that I thought I knew a little bit about, but it turns out I learned I, there's always more to learn. It's really engaging and really gripping. And I think, again, like really kind of life-affirming. And it made $34 million US. Pretty good. Pretty good, yeah. yeah. We're not the only ones that you know had a strong reaction to this film. Yeah. Speaking of films we had a strong reaction to, <laughs> next up is uh, Masti Zade, which we've spoken out about extensively in our Sunny Leone episode. Yeah. So what is there left to say, really? We don't have much to say on this other than it came out this year. It's a shitty movie. It's a shitty movie. It uh, came out on January 29th. It only made 5.4 million US, which is not uh, the biggest flop on our list. Hmm. Um, yeah, it looks I like the next say, one's <laughs> looking pretty bad. I would say artistically, the biggest flop. Yeah, I mean, if you are interested in some of the own films, uh, I would recommend uh, X Tube, uh, Red Tube, Pornhub. <laughs> you could find a lot more engaging material with her in it there. Um, I jest, but yeah, fuck this movie. It <laughs> sucks. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Well, the, the least said about Masizade, the better. Check our old episode if you're interested. Yeah. That leads us into February. And right before Valentine's Day, a nice romantic film was released, Fitur. It's an adaptation of Great Expectations by Charles Dickens and stars Aditya Roy Kapoor, Katrina Kaif, and Tabu. It's a good cast. Who are the characters in Great Expectations, Matt? Uh, Pip. Pip. The girl that Pip falls in love with and Pip's, uh, the girl's mom. Yeah. 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 So you have Aditya Roy Kapoor as Pip, the kind of... Is he actually called Pip or... No, I don't okay, remember what yeah. his name is. But kind of like that lovelorn kid who yeah. falls in love with Katrina Kaif, who is this uh, girl of his age, but who is of much higher class. Kind of has a dark secret to her family. Yeah, and her yeah. mother is played by Taboo, and she is hell-bent on ruining both her daughter and Pip's life for her own reasons that are eventually revealed. This was directed by Abhishek Kapoor, and it only made $2.6 million. <laughs> Yeah, so all I know about this one is you've shown me is a Katrina dance Kaif's sequence hair? a couple times. You've shown me a dance sequence okay. a couple times. And from what I saw, the dance sequence was well executed. Well, that dance is not in the film. Oh, well, that's <laughs> the first of many surprises. Uh, that song is uh, Pajmina. Mm -hmm. uh, beautiful song. The song for the tour, also beautiful. Happy Why didn't they put that in the movie? <laughs> it seems like it would have made the movie well, better. Well, no, it's one of those like... Picturizations that only exist like to be a music video that sells the film. And I find this really disappointing. I am someone who won't watch the song sequences before I go see the film. So when they like make these music videos, because that's exactly what they are, just to advertise the film, mm -hmm. I get really disappointed because I'm expecting to see this dance that I heard so much about, and then I had to watch it after the fact. And it is And really it's not a trailer beautiful. at that point. It's just reminding you, like, oh, here's the movie I watched. Yeah, but maybe... They I'm... should mark it off better on YouTube. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the same as, like, what we talked about with Let's Nacho with Kapoor and Sons. Or the Bombay Velvet song and a couple others. Yeah. And, you know, I just... I like it when it's a part of the movie. Mm -hmm. um, but the movie itself, you know, it's probably most known for this kind of red hair that Katrina Cape sports that costs a ridiculous amount of money. I don't even know if it made back the money that this hair cost. Because <laughs> <laughs> trust me, this hair was expensive. Huh, wow. Um, and I think looks better in the film 
than it did kind of on the Collins red carpet when I first saw it. I mean, I should hope they could make her hair look good in a movie. Yeah. It's a set in... Does she, she, does she look like she could be a redhead? In the film, yes. Okay. And, and Taboo also has like this gorgeous red hair. And Aditya Rao Hydri also shows up in A Friendly, which is where I was just like, oh my God, look at how gorgeous this girl is. Mm. Um, but like Katrina Kaif and Taboo are kind of linked by this red hair. And within the color palette of this film... Mm-hmm. It works because it's got it's a really beautiful film. It's well, based on that, like based soft. on that music video, there was a very red pastel yeah. look to it. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a really gorgeous film to look at. It's set in cashmere, mm. um, but it doesn't quite use the setting to its advantage, like you see in Hater. Yeah, um, it's more of just a backdrop for the action. I, an interesting backdrop. Is but, there a reason for it? Because cashmere is a really Tense political location to use in a movie. Well, exactly. It doesn't use any of the politics, but it does kind of use... The know, landscape? The landscape as well as um, the um, social structure. Mm, okay. Um, you know, Pip is Muslim here, and um, Taboo is, is a Begum. Yeah, Begum is a Muslim lady of high rank. Okay. And, and Pip He's is an much urchin? lower. Yeah. 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 So there's kind of like a class you know, system yeah. <laughs> in the air as you would have to have for great expectations. Um, I, I really enjoyed this film, but at the same time, it's still great expectations. Yeah. <laughs> like I can't say I'm a big fan of that story. It's interesting to see great expectations not be set in Victorian England or England whatsoever. <sighs> yeah. You know, it's just, it's, I mean, we write return to this film at some point. Um, when we look literary at adaptations, literary adaptations, yeah. but you know, with some, no matter how good a movie is, it's still based on this literary adaptation that I'm not a fan of. The central structure of Great Expectations about this woman ruining the lives of, you know, her daughter and her daughter's lover, I just find kind of, kind of unbecoming and kind of just. Hmm. You know, sad for the sake of being sad, conniving for the sake of being conniving. Yeah. You know, I just, I don't know. It's not, and I don't think here that the film elevates the material in any way. Um, if anything, it brings it down because Katrina Kaif and Aditya Roy Kapoor have no chemistry whatsoever. I'm a big fan of Katrina Kaif, but I think this was a very poor performance form from her. Did she dance well at least? Um, no, there's barely any dancing. Hmm. Sounds like a real letdown. Yeah, it was a real letdown. Wow. But the other movie I saw in February, Nirja, was a pleasant surprise. This came out on February 19th. It was directed by Ram Madvani. And it stars Sonu Kapoor. And I have to say, Matt, this is the most I have ever liked Sonu Kapoor. I mean, you didn't like her different outfits at uh, cons? Oh my god, no. I mean, those were, I just... each one was an event unto itself. Yeah, she's known for being this big fashion palette but i just i don't find her sense of style appealing whatsoever hmm. well what's so, this movie about it is a biopic about nirja Banot, who was a flight attendant in the 1980s she was the head purser on the pan am flight 73 in karachi on september 5th 1986 which was hijacked by a Libyan-backed Abu Nadal organization. So, Muslim terrorists. Muslim terrorists, yes. It was uh, grounded. Nirja informed the pilots 
before they took off that they had been hijacked. They got out, and she ended up being the most senior person hmm. on the plane. And she was young, but she took handle of the situation and helped negotiate with the hijackers and helped save a lot of the passengers hmm. on the plane and in doing so gave her own life. Hmm. Um, so the film chronicles the events in the plane during the hijacking as well as some flashbacks to her life as a model and her failed marriage with her husband. This is one I was looking to catch at some point so I still want to see this one. Yeah, it like Airlift, it shows a really interesting point of view of a historical event that I don't think we always get to see. Especially us in the West, yeah. I appreciate seeing a film about a real-life, strong female hero. Mm. And I think Sonu Kapoor really rose to the challenge. She she looks a lot like the real Nirja, and she gives this character a lot of depth. You know, it's not just kind of token heroism. You really feel, you know, the kind of naivete and innocence that is immediately robbed from her when this event starts to unfold and the way in which she steps up to the challenge and does her best to save the passengers that she has been hired to serve. Mm-hmm. So I, I really appreciated this film. Um, you know, I, I I think it's an interesting story to bring to light. And Sonam Kapoor is the best I've ever seen her. It made 20 million US. Pretty good. Um, so yeah, it did pretty well. It's nice to see that these films... You know, about real life situations are are making money. It's nice to see that people are not always going to the cinema for escapism. And I think it's relatable, you know, what you see in both Airlift and Nearja, this idea of kind of <clears throat> everyday heroes. I think we all like to believe that we were if we were in a situation like that, we would rise to the challenge and we would, you know, do something heroic. I'm sure a lot of us wouldn't. But I think celebrating this kind of heroism is just as important, if not more important, than, you know, the superheroes we have in in film. You know, these things really happened. And there were really people who did these things. And some of them gave their lives. And And it's interesting to... It reminds me of the movie uh, Carlos, the Olivia S.A.S. one. I thought of Carlos as well because plane hijacking and it's so it, it this movie is so tense Matt but uh, you know plane hijacking is a thing that really doesn't happen anymore mm. not to the same extent as it did in the 70s and 80s and when people you know like to crow on about how dangerous this world is and how terrorists are hiding around every corner you know this rhetoric has subsided a little bit lately but you know when you think about the grand scheme of the 20th century i mean Terrorism had its peak in the 70s. Mm-hmm. You had Munich. You had Carlos the Jackal. You had all these guys. And now it's more corporatized and it's organizations. But you would have these individual dramas playing out across the globe. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people could do well to remember that everyone got through that. Yeah. Germany got over the Red Army faction. You know, Bader Meinhof gang. All that stuff. It, it went away eventually. Yeah. And... You know, it's it's not worth worrying about to the extent that some people do. But we shouldn't forget someone like Nir Jepano, who gave her life. Mm-hmm. You know, so I I 
really appreciate this film, which honors this incredible woman who unfortunately was gone too soon. Mm -hmm. Uh, Next up is a movie we've spoken about extensively on our last episode. Yes, but which we're going to talk about a bit more, especially other facets of it. Yeah, so that is Kapoor and Sons since 1921, which came out uh, in March. Directed by Shakun Batra and features Siddharth Mahatra, Fawad Khan, and Ali Abbat. Great movie. Rishi Kapoor. And Rishi Kapoor as a delightful old man. (laughs) Um, Great movie. We, again, we talked about it a lot, but that was mostly uh, focusing on Fawad Khan's character. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I liked it. Basically everything about this. You loved it. I, I liked it. But, I you know, you love this love movie. I love this movie. This movie drove me to tears. And I'm not a crier, Matt. No, you generally aren't. I don't cry, but Ali Abbott's performance in this film just floored me. You know, Ali Abbott... She's great. ...is such a fan. I don't think she's been actress. in a bad movie. Um, well, Shandar. Shandar, <laughs> while weird, I don't think was technically bad. Yeah. Go back, at, go back and look at that episode. I'm pretty sure I didn't say it was bad. Um, but this- you, you can get an official no prize <laughs> if uh, you do call me out on that. But it was weird as hell and kind of dumb. But Shandar was an interesting movie. <laughs> okay. But getting back to Kambora Sons, it's not really a film about Ali Abbott's character of Tia at all. Her no. character is just kind of... She's there to make the other characters in the film appreciate... The family that they have because yeah. she... She's not quite a Manic Pixie dream girl, but she does exist to kind of serve No, she's not a Manic Pixie dream the girl because I think her own, you know, she's lost her family and her own pain that comes out around that about being an orphan, I think the film, the film earns and the film does justice to. You mm-hmm. know, it's not about her just being this side character Manic Pixie dream girl. She has her own... Life. She has her. She has depth. Mm-hmm. You know, she's not just there to make the male characters, you know, feel better about themselves. Um, but she is also there to, you know, to provide a foil to Fawad Khan and Siddharth Malhotra, who are dealing with, you know, their issues with their family, and they don't necessarily appreciate them. Everyone in this family has done something terrible to everyone else, mm-hmm. and everyone except for maybe Rishi Kapoor. <laughs> And everyone is carrying a secret. And I love the way... He was certainly mean to that nurse. Yeah. I love the way that this film was honest about the experience of being in a family. And how complicated that is. And how you can love everyone, but you can also deeply resent them. Mm -hmm. And how you have to overcome that and come together. I love that everyone had their own inner lives. Everyone felt... Like a complete character, mm-hmm. no one kind of felt like a token, except for maybe um, the brother and his family who are barely in it. They just, oh, the uncle, yeah. yeah, Shashi, Uncle Shashi. They just show up to be a part of this picture, and their family seems to be doing fine because their kids are all young. No drama on that end. No yeah. drama on that end. But man, there's so much drama in the Kapoor family that we spend time with, and I just I found this film so. Honest, so heart wrenching, and so beautiful to look at. There's very interesting blocking in the film. There's mm-hmm. a scene where there's a guy who's come over to fix a leaky pipe in the bathroom, and you know he's in the bathroom and he's got, I think Fala Khan was in there like holding the pipe for him, mm-hmm. and the family gets into this giant argument across three rooms, and. 
basically, you know, Fawa Khan leaves the room and someone else goes in there and holds the pipe. Yeah. It's it's kind of got a theatrical sense of moving people around in the in the space to generate interest on top of you know the dramatic situation, and that's that's an easy trick that I don't think a lot of movies have to take into account. You mm-hmm. just generally do a shot reverse shot. This one, they they kind of use the house in an interesting way for that. The editing in this film is excellent. Mm-hmm. At kind of the main climax, right before the interval. There's this scene where they're getting ready to take a family photo and everyone's kind of secrets and resentments are starting to come out. And the way that that, that the film speaks everything to you just through visual storytelling without a lot of dialogue, without a lot of explanation is beautiful. Like, I think this is masterclass filmmaking. Mm-hmm. I, I I love this movie. I'd watch it again right now. Like, it just, I think it's wonderful and really heartfelt but not overly melodramatic or overly kind of sappy it really earns the emotions that yeah. are here and i think is is a real triumph and it did it made 23 million us mm-hmm. i know it did exceptionally well at the north american box office it's on the list of um if you look at mid-year the list of the independent quote-unquote independent films that have made the most money at the North American box office. You can find it there. Hmm. So North American audiences have really responded to it. Um, yeah, I, I think it's well worth checking out. And so far, one of the year's best. I think it is probably the best one I've seen this year. Yeah. Um, I, I still really like Airlift, too. But this this one really just, you know, it brought me to tears. Yeah, I think That this, doesn't happen a lot. I think this one had more going with Airlift. There was a few kind of stock characters in that one that got on my nerves. But this one, each character is fully realized. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, I think that takes us to our interval. Mm-hmm. We are going to be playing a song sample from a film that we'll be discussing after the break, and that is the big SRK double roll mm-hmm. of Fan. And the song is Jabra Fan. That was Jabra Fan, which we're going to speak about in a little bit. we got one movie to get through first, and I haven't seen it. So over to you, Aaron. Go. Yes. This is Ki and Ka. Came out on April 1st, directed by R. Balki, starring Karina Kapoor Khan and Arjun Kapoor. It's a film about an unusual marriage arrangement. Here, Arjun Kapoor plays a man who wants to be like his mother, and mm-hmm. wants to stay home and take care of the house and have a wife who is career oriented. And Karina Kapoorkan plays, you know, his wife who wants a husband who will, you know, cook her dinner and take care of everything so that she can go off and advance her career. Does society take to this unkindly? Well, <laughs> Arjun Kapoor comes up, becomes a bit of like a media sensation and is all over like. Wait, what? <laughs> He becomes a media sensation for doing something that 
women have had to do for a million years. He's just, yeah. look, a guy is sweeping the floor. Yeah, so he's on all the talk shows and, you know, people look to him for cooking advice and they put him in commercials for cooking oil. Okay. It's very much about wanting to deconstruct gender norms in India and show that, you know, women can do what men can do and men can do what women can do. But the man gets have... the man gets famous for doing something that a normal woman has to do. Yes, and then Karina Kapoor Khan has to deal with her. Does she become famous for doing what a man does? No. Oh. <laughs> okay. No. But she's very successful. Okay. Uh I'm does she about... run what Bollywood job would she have? I'm guessing telecommunications company. You know, I saw this back in April, and I don't exactly remember 100% what her job was. But she's like... No, it was marketing. It was marketing and, like, making commercials, because... Oh, okay. Yeah. So, she works at the Mastizade company. No. <laughs> okay. No, but it's... Yeah, it's, like, marketing. Okay. Um, Telecom companies come up so often in they Bollywood do, movies. They do. Okay. They love it. It also has a cameo from Amitabh Bachchan and Jaya Bachchan, where... Arjun Kapoor goes to visit the Bachans. They are playing themselves. Oh, wow. Because Jaya <laughs> okay. Bachan is so enamored with Arjun Kapoor when she sees him on TV. Okay. And Amitabh Bachan feels very threatened by this, you know, stay-at-home husband. Um, <laughs> the reviews for this were dismal. Mm-hmm. And I liked it. Hmm. I don't know. I guess maybe it's, you know, the feminist in me that likes seeing a film that's challenging gender roles. Maybe I just, you know, I'm, I've become a sucker for Karina Kapoor Khan. I just, I don't know. There's something about her that I really like watching. Um, you know, and I just, I, I don't know. I find her really relatable. I don't think it's Arjun Kapoor's best role, nor do I think it's Karina Kapoor Khan's best role. But there's something about this film that I just, I don't know. I really admire. I think it's really, it's kind of quirky and a little strange. Hmm. Um, but overall, it really worked for me. But I know everyone on the internet hated this movie. Thought it was like, what really, did they hate about it? Um, I don't want to say that it was cliched, but I think they felt like it didn't go far enough with its take on gender roles. Mm. That it didn't. But it's a comedy, right? That like this. It is a comedy, yeah, and that this subject matter deserved a better film. I don't think people thought that Arjun Kapoor, Karina Kapoor Khan gave great performances. People don't really like Arjun Kapoor as well, so that's something. Yeah, I know. I didn't really feel that. I kind of, I was kind of into it, and I, I don't know. I appreciated how, you know, she marries a man who's younger than her, less successful than her, and none of that is a problem because she falls in love with him and because he supports her, and yeah. Overall, I kind of really enjoyed it. I mean, it's it's forgettable. Hmm. Like, I mean, I, I admit I would like something that is maybe a bit more challenging in regards to generals. It's a bit... I guess it's a bit flat. Like, it could have gone further with its argument. But at the same time, it's a light romantic comedy. Like, yeah. it's kind of supposed to be flat to a certain extent. Do they have a kid? No, no, they don't have any children. And in fact, at one point, she thinks she's gotten pregnant, and she like flips out and blames him, and is really upset about it because she doesn't want kids. Because kids are terrible. That? Yeah, a woman who doesn't want kids. Kids are terrible. I wouldn't want one either. Um, I'm with you, Karina Kapoor Khan. Matt's opinion on children is not that of the podcast. It's the opinion of half the podcast. <laughs> we love all children. Eh. <laughs> 
Some children are okay. Okay, Matt. Okay. I didn't hate this. Uh, and I guess I feel somewhat defensive about it because I didn't see anyone saying a single positive thing about it. And I actually... Well, it's like us and Shandar as well, so... Yeah, I kind of thought it was an enjoyable, breezy, you know, two hours plus at the cinema. Not every movie needs to be an event. Yeah. Some movies just need to be an interesting story. Yeah, it didn't do, like... You know, it didn't flop. It got... It made 15 million. Hmm. 15 million US. You know, that's not... It's not a flop. That's it's you not know, five change. million less than Nirja. Six so. times as much as Fatur. Yeah. Well, this brings us to the biggest release so far this year, Matt. Yeah, and it seems like it's probably going to hold on for a while. Although Utapun Job's doing pretty well, mm-hmm. but uh, that's Fan came out in April and was directed by Manish Sharma. We just watched it a couple days ago, so it's still pretty fresh in our memory. Yeah, Manish Sharma is the director of. Many of our favorite Bollywood films, including Band Baja Bharat, mm-hmm. Shah Desi Romance, and The Ladies vs. Ricky Ball. It uh, features Shah Rukh Khan as a very Shah Rukh Khan-esque uh, actor, <laughs> and it also features Shah Rukh Khan as a very Shah Rukh Khan-esque kid. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. That, that works, right? Yeah. Uh, here, Shah Rukh Khan's playing a double role, one as a feminist actor, and the other as his biggest and most obsessive fan and he has been kind of made up to look like Shah Rukh Khan but not completely like Shah Rukh Khan. He looks like someone who could conceivably be a Shah Rukh Khan imitator. Exactly. Which and that's he one is. of the, that's one of the problems with the movie is that at times people can point to him and say like that's not Shah Rukh Khan but at other times they're virtually indistinguishable by yeah. everybody. Aryan Khanna. Aryan Khanna, that's his name. And then, Ariane is becoming one like one of the most popular names in North America. Well, isn't Shah Rukh like, Khan's actual pop- kid named Ariane too? I think he is. Yeah, his oldest son is named Ariane. Yeah, I mean this. I think I like this movie better than you. Mm-hmm. And let me pitch it to you. Okay. So this is this movie is part of a continuum in which Shah Rukh Khan, possibly in his decadent period, let's call it, is exploring the world of being a famous actor. Okay. It exists on a continuum with Om Shanti Om, which is the best movie of this type, mm-hmm. and, uh, and Billu Barber, and then this movie. And it's exploring the ideas of fame and how, mostly how fame changes the way you're perceived and how the world works around you. This is less so in Om Shanti Om, where, uh, okay, you know, in the background, he's a famous star and everyone loves him, but it, it doesn't really affect the story mm-hmm. but at Billu Barber um, King Khan I think they called him King something when he comes to that town it definitely changes everything in Irfan Khan's life and in this movie you get an even sort of darker and closer to the bone look at the way fame and the proximity to fame can warp people's minds yeah I don't know I was really looking forward to this because I really like Manny Sharma I like Shah Rukh Khan, but it turned out to just be, like, another action thriller. Well, like, I thought it was going to have something interesting to say about our obsession with popular culture, our relationship to, you know, media and fame. I thought it was going to go places, and maybe I didn't need to quite have a thesis statement, but I thought it was going to do something. And instead, it was just a standard pat action thriller. I think the first half does that a bit better, because it does focus on Ariane Khanna Jr. Mm-hmm. And 
Yes, this movie could have pitched itself more as something like, you know, Patton Oswalt in Big Fan or Giovanni Ribisi in I Love Your Work. Just someone who's got the proximity to a famous person and becomes obsessed by them and, you know, maybe changes themselves. And the sort of litany of things that Aryan Khan Jr. does in order to become like his hero become fairly disturbing Mm -hmm. in the first part of the movie. Like, first it's kind of innocent. He wins a, you know, Aryan Khan, um, you know, look-alike contest. a look-alike contest, which he's won for three years. Yeah, and he gets a sum of money, and he decides, okay, this is the year I actually get to meet my hero. He, even though he's won money, he stows away on a train because that's how he got right. to uh, uh, Mumbai the first time. So he wants to essentially go through the passion of becoming this guy. Mm-hmm. He stays at the same hotel he went to, and this is pretty creepy and a little bit off. His parents don't really know exactly what he's up to, but I think it it does a pretty good job of showing what celebrity culture has kind of inculcated into us is that if you do the right things, you could be famous too. In this specific instance, he wants to be the exact famous that his hero wants to be. Yeah. Which is tough to do because that person still exists. But I think it it is interesting. I'm with you though that by the second half, it does become a crime thriller where, mm-hmm. you know, good guy, Shower Khan, get, keeps getting framed by this other guy. It's kind of not quite like The Fugitive, but something where no one believes him that there's this exact doppelganger. That's where it, it kind of runs into some trouble because yeah. if, you, if you look at him, you know, this might be the cinematic eye that we're afforded by the audience. We can tell that the young, guy, the, the young junior is not the same guy. But um, at times they are supposed to be identical and other times they're not. And I think if it had been had a stronger script maybe and was able to play with that idea a bit more, it would have been a real big success. Mm-hmm. But as it is, I think it's, it's decent. It, it's an interesting role for Shah Khan. It's not quite a heroic thing. And uh, one thing we did actually before watching the movie is watch a short documentary on how they did the makeup. Yeah, the makeup. Which was very here. interesting. Well, and the visual effects because yeah. they had to digitally slim down Shah Rukh Khan. And they kind of shaved his nose too. Yeah, for the Aryan Khan Jr. character. And he's wearing um, Brad Pitt's cheeks. Yeah. So <laughs> the you know they talked to the makeup artist guy who did the rig to make him into the younger version. And yeah, they they used his uh, Brad Pitt's cheeks from some other mask they had lying around. From uh, Benjamin Button. From Benjamin Button, yeah. yeah. So it, um, I don't know if the effects always work. I think when you see him from the side, he does look... Because it's, it's an uncanny valley kind of thing. Yeah, it, oh, it's it, definitely uncanny valley. When you see valley. him from the side, he looks plausible as this kid who could conceivably look like Shah Rukh Khan, but not quite. When he looks head on, I think the CGI kind of messes with you a little bit. Yeah. It's the eyes. When you look at the eyes of one of these, um, you know, enhanced uh, actors, it does kind of mess with you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I couldn't shake that sense the entire movie. I but th- I don't know how you would do this role otherwise. Yeah, I do think that the special effects here are impressive. Um, and definitely the number one reason to check out this film. It's the best thing about it. I think it's shot well. I think it's directed not too badly. It's just got a weird story. Well, I just, you know... It's inconsistent. I I wish the film had had more depth. I wish it had been 
I wish it had something to say. I wish it had something on his mind other than just kind of like continuing to kind of celebrate Shah Rukh Khan. Because that's honestly ultimately what I took away from this film. Shah Rukh Khan is a big actor. He's amazing. He can do anything. And they use, you know, footage of kind of Shah Rukh Khan's success, mm-hmm. you know, archival footage of him. And then, you know, put the name Ariana Khanna on it. And then they use the music from DDLJ. Like, it's very clearly, and the costume from DDLJ, it's very clearly calling out Shah Rukh Khan's past successes and attributing them to Ariana Khanna. So yeah, I just it, felt it, like it, his it's his decadent film, period. He's Well, exactly. And I yeah. don't know. I just maybe... I mean, I'm not going to watch it again, but I, yeah. I think it's an interesting experiment. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think it's entirely successful, but I, I liked it better than you. Yeah, you did. And um, there was certainly... I would say the cinematography of the movie, especially when you get to the kind of fun fair at the end, is at least visually arresting, if not, you know, yeah. well done. But it, it, it's it's a very... It's definitely worth watching. Manny Sharm is a good director. Like, yeah. you know, his between his four films, like, the guy can clearly direct a film. I just hope that his next project has more substance to it. Like, I honestly think Ban Baja Barat has more substance than this film. And that's, like, a... You know, competing wedding planner rom-com. But somehow he makes it, you know, he elevates it. He makes it seem like the best romantic comedy you've ever seen. And, yeah. like, he makes it feel vital. I'm also a he bigger fan. Do that here. I'm a bigger fan. Fan. I'm a fan. A bigger fan of uh, Ladies vs. Ricky Ball, which this is definitely in that level of, you know, I film. I like Ladies vs. Ricky Ball. It's... You like it because it's uh, Ranveer Singh, though. If he hadn't been in that movie, you wouldn't have liked it at all. Maybe, maybe. Um, but it's, fan, it's it's that level of, you know, being good. Yeah. Fan has an extended scene at Madame Tussauds. Yeah. As does our next film on the list, Houseful 3. How is that for a transition? Yeah. What do you think, ladies and gentlemen? Came out on June 3rd. It's directed by Sajid Farhad. It stars Akshay Kumar, Ritesh Dushmek. Abby Chekabakchan, Jacqueline Fernandez, Lisa Hayden, and Nargis Fakiri. Whew! It is the third in the Houseful trilogy, mm-hmm. um, Houseful series. The only Houseful film. The Houseful I've seen. Saga. <laughs> yeah. It's the only Houseful. Houseful Saga 3, even more dudes in the house. <laughs> it's the only Houseful film I've seen, and let me tell you, Matt, I did not need to know anything about any previous Houseful films. I know you were talking about maybe having us watch all three of them for an episode. Yeah. But based on Houseful 3, should we do so? Well, Houseful 3 is a weird film, even by Bollywood standards. Hmm. Um, Like Shandar weird? Uh, Yes and no. Like, it doesn't have, like, weird flights of fancy, but it's, like, a very strange... Plot and it's you know it's doing a lot of kind of meta textual humor and a lot of puns that I don't think necessarily you know translate translate well for us um, and a lot of a lot of jokes where someone says just picks the wrong word and so it's not even a pun and then they have to explain what they meant and it just kind of comes off as like everyone in this world is an idiot. I mean that's the best kind of joke when you just sit down and explain the joke e. That, you know, this yeah. is why this is funny. There's this is why of, I did this. There's a lot of joke explaining. Um, Akshay Kumar, Ritesh Dishmek, and Abhinchek Bakchan star as three men who fall in love. They don't they don't know each other. They're independent. Mm-hmm. Who fall in love with three sisters, played by Jacqueline Fernandez, Lisa Hayden, and Argus Fakri, whose father has said 
you know, that he doesn't want his daughter's Bowman to... Bowman right? My buddy. No. I thought he was in it. No. Oh. Okay, never mind. No, Bowman Arani isn't in it, but um, Jackie Shroff is. Ah, oh, it's Jackie Shroff. Okay. Yeah. My yeah. other buddy. But, I mean, he shows up later. Yeah. He's, he's the... It's a, it's a surprise. Okay. Um, so their father... Spoiler alert, Jackie, Jackie Shroff is in the movie. Yes. Uh, so their father doesn't want them to marry, and so has made this proclamation that, you know... Why doesn't he want them to get married? Um... Well, I mean, I don't want to spoil things. Oh, okay. You know, it, it comes across like overprotective father, but there's more to it because, mm. man, there's a lot of plot in this movie. That surprises me. Anyways, he gets his astrologer to claim, to make this proclamation, that um, for one of them, as soon as the like husband slash fiance sets eyes on him, he'll drop dead. For one of them, as soon as he steps foot in his house... He'll drop dead. Uh-huh. And for the other one, as soon as he speaks to him, he'll drop dead. This is, and then they come in with various disabilities. Then they come in with various disabilities. So one of them pretends to be deaf, one of them pretends to be blind, and one of them pretends that they can't walk. So, so that they can get him to agree to let them marry his daughters. Is this... Uh, I, I know you haven't seen the first two, but do you know if this is present in the other ones? Just like weird astrological-based challenges to, with which to marry women? I, I don't think so. Uh, this is a curveball sent by Husband 3? I, I think so. Like, I don't get the impression um, that this... Like, the characters are not the same as the previous Houseful films. They're all new that. characters. Obviously, because the three men don't know each other here. And they and all they, get married by the end, presumably. Uh, yeah, presumably. Um, so I, I get the sense that, you know, as far... Like, there's no Houseful universe. It's just the idea of, you know getting a lot of cast of characters together in the same location and a lot of silly hijinks ensue. So which one and does... there are so many silly hijinks in this film yeah. and so many inside jokes. If you know nothing about Bollywood, this is not a good film to watch. There's a great scene when they're in Madame Tussauds where um, a, a statue of Ashwarya Rai starts to like fall to the ground and Abhi Chakabachan runs over to save her and says, now it's personal. He's also constantly telling people that his father's Amitabh Bachan and playing like one of the songs from Bol Bachan. Okay. Like on his phone at people. Okay. Um, so like there's some kind of inside baseball jokes going on throughout this film. It's also like really silly and weird. Um, and maybe racist. Hmm. <laughs> maybe racist. There are three black maids who factor into it at one point, and okay. they're implied to be pretty loose. Okay. Um, Great. Despite all this, I don't know. I If you can get on its wavelength and just, you know, throw logic out the window, you can have fun with it. Okay, here's a question. So, Deshmukh and uh, Abhishek Bachchan, relatively close in age, late 30s, right? Um, Actually, Kumar's pushing 50. Yeah. And which girl does he end up with? Jacqueline Fernandez. Fernandez. Yeah. yeah. Like, she's not old. And the- well, I think she seems more mature than Lisa Hayden and Nargis Fakhri. I have to say, Nargis Fakhri is having a great year. She was also in Azhar. Uh-huh. And she has two films coming up, um, which we'll discuss in, in a moment here. Banjo and Ishum. Um I'm really happy to see that, you know, she has four films coming up this year because sure. she's fantastic. But, you know, it, it kind of doesn't stretch the bonds of beyond believability when one of the three cons are actually Kumar's paired up with a younger girl in a movie. But in something like this, he seems like way older than everyone else in the movie. Yeah. Does this come up? Um. Like, he's almost like a Clooney type now. No. 
No, his age isn't brought up. He does have a split personality. And okay. anytime anyone says the word Indian, he goes like evil. <laughs> also, Abhishek Bachchan's character is like a rapper. You know, the more you say about this movie, the more I kind of want to watch it. It's so strange. Huh. Um, again, I don't recommend it to anyone who's new to Bollywood. I think this would be a terrible film to start out with. Um, but it's and it's it's not a very smart film. It's a very dumb movie. You mentioned, but uh, it's I don't know. It's kind of fun. You mentioned uh, Azar with uh, Nurse Fakhri. Yeah. Um, briefly, that's that's a biopic about a cricketer yeah. starring uh, Imran Hashmi. What's your quick take on that? That's uh, boring. Boring? Yeah. yeah. We want to do a cricket episode at some point. Um, the only thing standing in our way is that we know nothing at all about cricket. And, <laughs> you know, while it hasn't really stopped us from doing episodes on other things that we know nothing about, <laughs> we feel like we should probably do a little bit of research on it. Yeah. Uh, at least watch Lagan. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, we're uh, in there. Yeah. So you cricket fans out there, and I know there are there. lots of you on Audio Boom. Yeah. We are going to do a cricket episode at some point, and we'll... You know, hopefully there's some that are... We want to do Chak... No, Chak to India isn't even cricket. It's uh, no. field hockey. But we do want to do something on sports movies. Yeah. So we're going to get to it at some point. We Well, there's a cricket film coming up later this year. Um, last things to say on, on Houseful 3. So far, it's made $24 million U.S. I think it's still in theaters. That's pretty good. And it's done especially well in Canada. I don't know what it says about Canadians that we like, you know, kind of really silly comedy. And... You know, the Houseful series continues to be popular. Like, it's very broad comedy, and I think comedy is one of the hardest genres to transcend yeah. kind of language and culture. Yeah. Um, but, you know, pop open a beer. Like, <laughs> this is you know, a Mickey in a movie type film? It is a Mickey in a movie type film, but, okay. you know, I didn't hate it. So, that, that takes us to the end of our, you know, wrap up of 2016 thus far of the films we've seen mm-hmm. um we still have some to see we haven't seen um sarbjit yet the latest film from omang kumar starring ashwaya rai bachan randy puda and risha chada it's also a kind of recent historical dramatization it's about a guy who got uh, put in pakistani prison right yes and yes his but sister it's... worked for years to get him out yes it came out on May 20th. It also premiered at cons. We haven't had the chance to see it. Has it played here yet? It came and went in like a week. Oh, okay. It, it didn't do So we'll have well, to catch that later. But we'd really like to see it. The big one we want to see right away is Utapunjab. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm sure if you've listened to any other Bollywood podcast, you'll know that this film has been plagued with troubles in the, uh, you know, censor's office. And it's finally been released with only one cut, so yeah, it'd be really interesting cut. to see if this movie... With only one cut in India. I don't know if the Canadian release of the film hmm. um, has been censored in the same way. But this is the movie about the drug problem in the uh, state of Punjab. Yeah. It's got an all-star cast. Very, very interested to see how this one goes. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. I want to see it like as soon as I can. Yeah, it's become a big catalyst for you know conversations around um, freedom of expression in India. Because and do you still need a censorship board in this day and age? Yeah, they submitted to the censor board, came back with 40 some odd cuts. They appealed it, came back with 89 cuts. Cuts including, don't mention the province where the movie takes place, don't mention the Indian parliament, parliament. don't mention the election. Like, they, yeah. they're honestly just getting trolled by the uh, censor board. And it, it's very, very interesting to see the high court uh, rule in their favor and say, you know, this is yeah. stupid. And, you know, 
hopefully this leads to greater freedom of expression. Yeah, we're hoping to check it out this weekend. So, yeah. you know, look for our reactions to it on Twitter because we're really looking forward to this film. Speaking of another one, I'm also really looking forward to seeing uh, Raman Raghav 2.0, mm-hmm. directed by our buddy Anurag Keshap and featuring our other buddy Nawazuddin Siddiqui. And Vicky Koshal. Yeah. Um, very, very interesting film that premiered at Cannes. Uh, in the director's fortnight. In the director's fortnight, where Keshap's been a few times. And it's... Uh, I read an article about this. So a friend of his that he knew when he was in you know his early stage of his career, both young filmmakers, he made a documentary about this uh, serial killer from the 60s in India who would go around bashing people's heads in with a tire iron. And so the, pleasant. Yeah, and the 2.0 in the title here is uh, Kashyap's doing his fictionalized version of this featuring his muse, Nawazuddin Siddiqui. So, um, you know, a 60s... Um, Maybe it could even reach the Elroy-esque peak of uh, Bombay Velvet, but a 60s serial killer uh, definitely seems interesting and definitely seems like something Cash App will do well. Yeah. Uh, another period piece, which, you know, we loved Bombay Velvet. No one else did, but, uh, you know, I'd like to see another period piece out of him. And, yeah, just happy to see Cash App making movies unlike the rest of the output of the country, really. Mm-hmm. Between that and Into Punjab, those are the big crime spectacles right now yeah that's coming out on june 24th and we're hotly anticipating it as you know we would yeah a new henry kashap film henry kashap also produced utah punjab and uh, with with the crime in mind there was also the other shower khan movie this year was but delayed right which uh purports to have him in a negative role as like a bootlegger type guy in kujarat yeah unfortunately two of the films that i was most looking forward to this year rais and Rangoon have been delayed till 2017. Yeah, Rangoon, you know, big historical romance with Saif Ali Khan sounds fantastic. Directed by Vishal Bradra. Really want to see these two films. See them in 2017. But there's still a lot to look forward to later this year. Mm-hmm. On July 6th, we're getting the new Salman Khan film, mm-hmm. Sultan. It is a rest. It's not a biopic because I believe this character is fictional, mm-hmm. but it is about a wrestler who, you know, is a big deal, then finds himself down on his luck, and then has to have a bit of a comeback. And he comes back as an MMA fighter. I think so, yeah. It's also starring... Or so the trailer would let me believe. Yeah. It's also starring Anushka Sharma and Randy Puda. The trailer looks awesome. It's directed by Ali Abbas Safar, the director of Gunday. We're, we're in. It's got a... This looks uh, fun. It's got a Rocky Six vibe to it I, I'm interested in. Uh, yeah. The trailer so far has focused on the young version of this character, but, you know... Seeing old man have to train up and, you know, get back into the fighting spirit. That's an interesting plot. Mm-hmm. I'll check that one out. Later in July, Great Grand Masties coming out. Are you excited for this, Matt? No. We watched the trailer and it looks <laughs> sort of like uh, Masties Odd if there was three guys instead of two. And ghosts. And, yeah, that's that's kind of interesting. A, a boner comedy featuring ghosts. I've seen Grand Masty, and based on the trailer for Great Grand Masty, I don't understand how this ties in at all. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm I'm going to skip that one. It, you know, it it is interesting to see an Indian film so prominently feature boners in the trailer <laughs> as comedic, because you know there were not subtitles on the trailer we watched, but there are at least four different jokes about guys having boners, and yeah. you know, boners are hilarious. I don't think it's going to be enough to make me watch this movie, but, you know, good on you for having more boner jokes. 
Also in July, July 29th, Dashoom comes out, directed by Rohit Dawan, starring John Abraham, Varun Dawan, and Jacqueline Fernandez. Uh, this looks like a fun buddy cop comedy. I'm interested in this. Yeah, if it's good, if it's anywhere near as good as like a Bad Boys or something like that, I'm all in. Great. Uh, next up, a uh, trailer came out for this one maybe two days ago. Mohendra Daro um, by Ashutosh Dowankar, who d- directed Lagan, mm-hmm. which we still haven't seen yet. <laughs> uh, but features Rithik Roshan and Pooja Hegde, new, uh, newcomer to the scene, basically. And it's a... Um, I've seen people commenting on this, Indian people. It's based on a civilization in the... Uh, Prehistory of India, like kind of 2000 BC, 1200 BC. Yeah. Definitely like an earlier type situation. And in addition to people commenting on the costumes, probably not looking that way, and Rithik Roshan probably not looking like someone who lived in that time, it it is interesting to see a prehistory movie. Um, well, I was- prehistory... In a place that has lots and lots of history. Yeah. I was really looking forward to this. I was expecting it to be like this big historical epic, you know, romance and whatnot. And the trailers really turned me off. Like, I I was really looking forward to it. And then the trailer did nothing for me. I was kind of getting a Ben-Hur Spartacus vibe out of this one. And um, an alligator tries to eat uh, Rithik Roshan. It's kind of funny. I'll probably see it. It... Yeah. It looks a little bit weird. Yeah. And I'm sure people will continue to uh, look at the way that it's potentially not uh, historically accurate, mm. which is certainly a valid concern, but... What movie is historically accurate? Inher- well, Inherent Vice seemed pretty historically accurate. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. Sure. Uh, next up, we have Banjo, which I just watched the trailer for, and it's about a guy who's Amazing at playing a banjo. Uh, yeah. Um, don't really know what it's about. Yeah, there's a banjo in it. He plays a banjo. Banjos by... in India don't look like a banjo here. I noticed that. It's directed by Ravi Jathav. It's starring Ritesh Dushmek and Nargis Fakhari. Um, yeah, I I don't know. We'll see. Um, we'll see. With Rock On 2 coming on later this year... Uh, I can't say I loved uh, Rockstar, so a movie about a Indian sensitive uh, musician kind of has to bring a little bit more to the table for me. It seems me. like there's going to be some like, action and spectacle in this. It looks like he definitely has a holy type uh, yeah. uh, musical sequence, but yeah, I don't know. Is his name Banjo? Who knows? It might be pretty minor, but you know we're mentioning it because you can watch a trailer now, and Unfortunately, for the rest of the films that we're looking forward to this summer, there are no trailers. Um, but coming out September 9th is Bar Bar Deco. This stars Siddharth Malhotra and Katrina Kaif. It's directed by Nitya Merha. I know very little about this film, but I just want to see a romance starring Siddharth Malhotra and Katrina Kaif. I'm down. Yeah. Yeah. Siddharth's probably going to take his shirt off at some point. Ooh. That's what you get him for. Um, yeah. Who knows? Um, a lot are- of this is so up in the air. It, it's amazing to me how... A Bollywood movie will release its trailer like two months, maybe a month and a half before it comes out. Yeah. Um, I find that really interesting compared to how um, Western, especially blockbuster culture, 
you get the you get the trailer six months out or a year. You get people going on set and talking yeah. about things. Like I read a article today about going on set of uh, Justice League, which comes out sometime next year. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I want to see the movie when it comes out. The hype train leading up to it is frankly exhausting. Yeah, there are posters for all these films out, so you can kind of get, I guess, a sense of the aesthetic. But I, you know, it seems weird from a marketing perspective to me that they have so little lead time between poster and movie coming, well, between a trailer and movie coming out. Yeah. But I find it refreshing. Yeah. It's it's nice to see a trailer and think, oh, I could go see that next month. Mm-hmm. Well, later in September, Akira's coming out. No, Matt. Not that Akira. Well, um, I mean, they mentioned that they were going to be remaking it with Garrett Hedlund, and that sounded like a horrible idea, because Garrett Hedlund is potentially the most boring actor I've ever seen in a movie. Okay, okay, so this... I guess the Sam Worthington's pretty boring as well, but uh, so this... I know this is not a remake of the anime film. So this Akira stars Sonakshi Sinha and Konkana Sancharma. Who do you think is playing Kaneda, and who do you think is playing Tetsuo? Konkona Sancharma plays She was also Kaneda. in Luck by Chance. Konkona Sancharma <laughs> plays Kaneda. Sonakshi Sinha plays uh, Tetsuo. Uh, girlfriend Kairi will be played <laughs> by a male actor. Okay. In all seriousness, this has nothing to do with the film Akira that, you know, Matt and I have watched many, many times. This is another Akira. Um, it's it's directed, just a name at a certain point. It's just the yeah. name of a person. It's directed by A.R. Murgados, who was the director of Gajini. So I'm really hoping this is like a, a good female-centric action thriller type of thing. Like, you know, I just... Gajini with women. I'm interested. I know very little about it. I just think, you know, it has a great cast, great director. We'll see what it is, right? After that, coming up in October, October 28th to be exact, we have what I think is going to be one of the biggest releases of the year, Idil High Meshkel. This is directed by Karen Johar. Pretty good cast, too. Fawad Khan again. Yeah, Ranbir Kapoor, Ashwarya Rai Bachchan, Anushka Sharma, and Fawad Khan. Uh, this has been filming all over the world, mostly in Europe. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm Very sure attractive it's cast. Have, you know, yeah. that Karen Johar melodrama, and hopefully it'll be a good comeback for Ranbir Kapoor because he needs a win. Yeah, nice candy colored uh, aesthetic from a Karen Johar movie. Mm-hmm. I'm into that. Uh, then we have two sequels, Rock On 2, coming out November 11th, and Kahini 2, coming out November 25th. Um, I have to say I'm more interested in Kahini. We still need to see the first one, uh, but it stars Vidya Balan and Arjun Rample. I love Vidya Balan. Uh, Rock On 2 might, might be interesting, too. Farron Akhtar, Arjun Rample again, and Shraddha Kapoor. It should have been called Rock On 2, This One Goes to 11. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's a comedy or anything, but uh, a Spinal Tap joke goes a long way in making me want to go see a movie about a guy who plays a guitar. All right. And what are we... Is Farron to- Akhtar just playing himself in this movie? Uh, no, I don't think so. But his, I think, his Twitter account I think, is very focused on him being a rock star. Well, I think he's going to use his his actual singing voice in this film. That's good. This he, would help if we had seen the, the first two films, which we will he, do before we watch these two. He's a nice singer. I, yeah. I like his voice. Our commentary becomes less and less <laughs> valid as we go through the year. Okay, well, Matt, what are what can we look forward to at the very end of the year? Well, we've got uh, Beffick Gray coming out on the 9th of December, directed by Aditya Chopra, good director, featuring Ranveer Singh and Vani Kapoor. I don't, I don't know who she is, but... Uh, Vani Kapoor is the other girl in uh, Tara in Shadezi Romance. 
Oh, she was good. Yeah. Yeah. And Ranveer Singh. Yeah. Who cares about that guy, right? This is set in Paris, and all the posters for this make me weak in the knees. It's just making out the movie. Yeah. Um, sweet makeouts. Don't really know what else it's about. Uh, Ranveer it's romance Singh. in Paris. Ranveer Singh sweet seems makeouts. like he's having a good time making yeah. it. Follow him on Twitter. Um, yeah. It could be anything at this stage. It's, it's a romance <laughs> movie. I don't know what more you want. All right. And finally, we have a movie with the most bizarre poster I've seen, um, Dangal by Nitesh Twari, featuring Amir Khan as another wrestler, but I think he's more like a trainer. Yeah, this is um, this is a biopic of this wrestler who, um, after he was done wrestling, he trains his daughters. Mm-hmm. So, I, the, the poster, I always look forward to a new Amir Khan. I'm interested to see both this and Sultan, what the obsession with mud is in <laughs> Indian wrestling, because the poster for this movie features Amir Khan's face and kind of his mouth poking out of a bunch of mud. And when I first saw it, I thought that maybe he was like a sentient wall of mud, like a clay face <laughs> type character. And you know, it didn't make any sense. Like, well, why is this a movie? <laughs> He doesn't that, look like a wrestler. That poster is ripped off of like an American poster too. Amer- what for what? I I don't know. I'll have to look it up. Is we'll it supposed to be notes. like a like a Apocalypse Now or something? Because it doesn't scream wrestler to me. Unless this is something that the historical Dongal is known for. Like that's weird. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, what we've got coming up in the rest of the year. Which film are you most looking forward to? Of these ones coming up? Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to Dishoom. Uh, obviously, Raman Raghav and Uta Punjab really want to see those, and that'll be right away. But uh, Dishoom looks fun. You know, Indian super cop movie, kind of a odd couple type situation looks like. Vern Dewan's more the straight-laced cop, and John Abraham's the badass. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's a fun combination. Always like to see Jacqueline Fernandez in a movie, so I'm interested in that. Um, you know, a great historical epic, Mahendra Daro. It should be interesting... If not, you know, it, it'll be worthwhile to talk about. Yeah. And it might tie into our finally watching um, his uh, historical epic that has been compared to Mughal Azam. Joe Akhtar. Yeah, that one. So, you know, maybe we could do something on historical epics. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of looking at these for podcast material, too. I mean, Beth Gray looks great. Uh, Kahani, too, from what I know about Kahani... Um, it seems like a really interesting, uh, almost revenge plot, right? Yeah. Well, I know in the first film she's pregnant and looking for her husband. So I'm not, I really have no idea. Yeah. Um, but it just, what we can expect in the second one, but the first film is so well regarded. Yeah. That I one's been on our Video list for a long time. Yeah. And, uh, Vidya Balan's great. And Arjun Rampal, always like him too. He's, he's a menacing villain. It'd be nice to see him as a good guy sometime, but, uh, you know, I, I'm interested in that one too. So. Yeah, lots to look forward to in the coming months and in years with Race and Rangoon, the two mm-hmm. movies I was really most looking forward to getting shunted down. Yeah, I have to say, Beffick Ray. Beffick Ray is the thing I'm, I'm most anticipating. Yeah. And Akira. I'm really curious. And the new Karen Johar. There's, a, there's quite a few uh, movies that look interesting. I'm sure once I see some more trailers for these, yeah. uh, my in- interest will increase. Uh, lots to look forward to. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. We will be back in a little under two weeks. We're going to get our next episode out early because we're doing a Canada Day special, Matt. Ooh, Canada Day. And we will be looking at three films filmed 
in our own backyard in our province of Alberta. So it's almost like an Alberta Day special. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Alberta's in Canada. We wanted to go local for Canada Day, and this is as local as we could get. So those three films are Koi Milgaya, 8x10 Tasvir, and Senem Ray. They were all filmed in, you know, various parts of Alberta, mostly southern Alberta. I, I could only imagine that there's some stops made to West Edmonton Mall, which is really the most famous thing in Alberta. There is an Akshay Kumar film, an Akshay Kumar Katrina K film, that was filmed in West Edmonton Mall, but I can't get a hold of it. it it's, I can't find it anywhere. If it's any as if it's as good as that Sammo Hung movie that they made in <laughs> West Edmonton Mall, or Christmas in Wonderland, right? I mean. I don't think there has been a good uh, West Edmonton Mall picture yet. Right. So, In the meantime, Matt, how can people keep up with the show? Well, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at BollywoodPod. Uh, I'm also on Twitter at Matt underscore B-O-W-E-S. I'm at Twitter at Erin E. Fraser, E-R-N-E-F-R-A-S-E-R. You can also go to our Facebook page and give us a like, leave us a comment. You can also go to our Tumblr page, bollywoodisforlovers.tumblr.com, where we post all of our show notes, and you can download, you know, our upcoming episodes and our past episodes on iTunes and Audioboom. You can also find my other show on iTunes, Trash Art in the Movies, which I do weekly with Paul Matwichuk. And should people leave us reviews, Matt? They should. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. five star reviews it uh, gets more interest for the show on the uh, podcast rankings so that's good uh, the show you could also you know if you want to be cool you could leave a review on Google Play Ooh. which we are now a part of or I think you could do this but possibly on Stitcher another uh, streaming platform that you can listen to the show on so yeah go like us in all those places leave us positive reviews and we'll read them out at the top of the next show you could be famous thank you for listening <laughs>